Thanks for tuning into this week's podcast. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, you can check us out on the web at hillsideassembly.org. You're about to hear a message from our current message series, and I hope you open your heart and mind to hear a word from God today. you got the opportunity today to leave changed and transformed from God's presence. So we're going to have a great day. If you're a guest with us, welcome to Hillside. It's great to have you here. We'd love for you to stop by our table in the foyer at the end of our worship experience. We've got two great gifts we'd love to put in your hands today. We'd also like to connect with you a little bit and get to know you and for you to get to know us, ask any questions that you might have. If you're watching online for the first time today, you can find out more information about our church at hillsideassembly.org. Uh, we will also uh, have an opportunity for you to give today in tithes and offerings. We do that at the end of service. You can give in the giving box in our foyer, and you can always give online at hillsideassembly.org. I've got some announcements to share with you this morning. Jeb is once again traveling with one of our missionary partners, but I get to share announcements with you today. Now, you may have, who was here last Sunday? Oh, a couple people. Man, we had a phenomenal weekend of ministry uh, last weekend. It was our missions convention. And at the end of our missions convention, we took up missions faith promises. Would you like to know what the total of those are? Okay, well, no, Mike wants to know. No one else knows. Uh, no one else cares. But uh, I want to tell you, I am so proud of our church. And I know that there are some who have not given a faith promise yet that want to. You can do that today. Uh, those slips are in our foyer, and then you can just drop those in the missions box. But today, as of today, our faith promises are $1,750 a month towards missions. Come on, church. That is amazing. We're going to impact some people's lives. Someone is coming to Jesus because of what you're willing to give and your bigger heart for missions this year. God's going to do some great things. And it is Mission Sunday, so we'll talk about that in just a few moments. Tonight, there's a great opportunity uh, if you're a Green Bay Packers fan. Anybody a Green Bay Packers fan here? Oh, okay, a few. That's good. Uh, so the, uh, the, College of Christi- the College Christian Fellowship and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes is coming together, and they're hosting a night with Green Bay Packer Jared Aber. Thank you. I, I, I don't know why I cannot say his name. Aberdarius, right? I'm close enough. He's going to be here tonight, uh, and our very own Luke Hatfield is one of our college pastors at the college. He is going to be doing an interview with him. It is open to the public. It is a free event, so great opportunity. That information is in your bulletin, so don't miss out on that at 7 o'clock tonight. If you're a Packers fan, uh, that'll be a great time. Uh, Saturday, April 9th, which is next Saturday, we are planning a church cleanup day. Uh, from 9 a.m. to noon, we'll do the cleanup. In, on your bulletin, you have an attachment there that talks about all the things that we would like to accomplish uh, and some supplies that you could bring with you uh, if the weather cooperates with us. Uh, so if it snows, we will not be raking the yard, uh, just because that would be really awkward. Uh, but we will try to have a church cleanup day as long as there is not a blizzard next week. If you come at 8.30 a.m., we'll have coffee and donuts, a time of fellowship, and then at 9 o'clock till noon, we'll do the cleanup projects. And then that evening on Saturday, April 9th at 7 p.m., there'll be a youth movie night at Adrian and Hannah's. Uh, there'll be more information available in an email that we send out later this week. Uh, the following Saturday, April, uh, I went to open the doors and our place in our foyer. And, and then a really big announcement here at the end, guys. Easter is just two Sundays away. Two Sundays away. 
I, can't, I know you can't believe it, Breck, but it's here. It may not seem like spring, but spring is here. Uh, we, we have a project for you. I've got some homework for you. I want you to invite someone to come to church with you for one of our Easter worship experiences. You've got three to choose from. Starting next Sunday, Palm Sunday, we'll have a special service. And then we'll have Good Friday service. I'm very excited about that. Evening service. And then, uh, of course, on Easter Sunday at 10 a.m. There is no grow groups on Easter Sunday. And the reason there's not is because you have a homework. I want you to bring somebody to church with you. Imagine if all of us brought one person to church on Sunday. What it would be like on Easter Sunday here. So we've got cards for you to use as handouts, invitations. Uh, I am inviting, I think I've got, we're up to about a dozen people we've invited. I don't know if any of them will come, but we've invited them. And you know what? No one can come unless they're invited. And, and, and look, I know that there's that feeling of, of like rejection, but we've got to get over that church. Because if someone is not invited, how in the world can they come and hear the gospel? So let's do it. Can we do it together? Amen. Well, hey, it is Mission Sunday here, our first Mission Sunday uh, since our missions convention, uh, and I thought it would be great if two of our college students that recently went on a missions trip could join me on stage, and so I'm going to ask Michaela and Kyle if they'd come and join me uh, this morning. Uh, you guys get to know them for just a little bit. I'm going to ask them some questions about their recent trip, and so here comes Kyle. We've got to get Kyle a mic. Let me turn over here. All right. This is Kyle, and this is Michaela, in case there was any confusion. Everybody knows each other now. Uh, and so uh, last week, Michaela, you got to share a little bit about what was going on. Uh, and last week, we shared about missions opportunities. We talked about three different mission opportunities we're looking at at Hillside. One of those is regional trips and helping with things like disaster relief. And that is exactly what these guys did. And so they walked through the door of opportunity. I feel like a game show host. The door of opportunity. At the end of today's uh, uh, service, you guys will get to walk through the door and see what you win. Um, uh, a relationship with Jesus. Wow. Um, that's, that's great. Right? You can't get anything better than that. Uh, but we want to talk about the opportunity that you might have to do uh, a missions trip similar to this in the near future. And so uh, I'll just kind of have you guys share a little bit. Michaela, uh, why don't you start us off? Uh, what, what, what was this trip? Where did you guys go? Yeah, so we went to New Orleans, Louisiana, um, and it was pretty close to the Mississippi, um, but we were in like these little towns that they call parishes there, and um, so it was kind of near New Orleans, but not really in it, so um, yeah, and then that's where we went, and we were there for a week. Cool. I think we have a picture of your team, Kyle. Let's see if we, can you tell us, can you tell us who's, who's all there in that picture? Oh, okay, can you hear me? Okay, so there's me on the, on the side, and there's Nate. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> um, it's Star, right? Star? Yeah, Star, she's a wonderful person. I still, I still trying to keep in contact with her. Uh, that was the house we were working at. Uh, we were removing mold, right? Correctly? Like, uh, it's been, <laughs> my bad. It's, it's been a long, long time for me, but it was a wonderful experience for me to help out. Uh, for me, I had a great, great conversation with her and after, after that trip as well. Um, I understand how it feels to having your, I understand how it is not having a home growing up. And for me, especially you know how it is like for me going into Navajo Reservation and a lot of houses uh, that like like that, uh, uh, like that, not having a home, that type of deal. So it was a great deal for me helping out something like that. And, and I fully understand how it is 
do do so I I understand that. So and you guys were working in in houses and residences that were full of mold, right? Mm-hmm. So you couldn't just walk um dangerous graders um, the whole day. But we were inside, so it was not super, you know, bad because we were put, not put in the sun. Um yeah, so that was her um living or one of her be- the bedrooms. Yeah, the homes were very, like, old school. Um, in New Orleans, they have, like, all the homes are spread out very far. There's no, like, levels. They're all just, like, room to room. So there is, like, wood and brick, and they have, like, fireplaces. It's just, like, a beautiful, like, every home we were in was just, like, really awesome and, like, well-built. Um, and, yeah, so th- I was working on the ceiling. That was um we had ladders, and I remember, like, working on it, and it was, like, harder work to get used to, and we kind of all learned as we went along, um, but I kind of liked that, because it, it helped you, like, learn, like, okay, this is how, take it off, and I, like, every nail, like, the drywall was nailed in, and I remember thinking, like, does this really matter, like, every single nail that is, like, drilled into, like, and then I remember talking to Miss Star, and she was, like, I just appreciate you guys taking time out of your like life to come here, fly all the way here to help me. And I just like got so emotional and I was like, this really matters to her. And she gets to live in her home now that like, I mean, we saved her probably like $13,000 of work um, in that time, so. Uh, I, I think what you guys did is exceptional. Um, you know, sometimes we think about missions and we think about the broad, like, we think numerically, like, we want to see millions of people come to Christ. But maybe this whole trip was one person's life, you know? But you guys will always remember that, uh, that life. If you guys could share one thing to people here about, about why, why go on a trip like this, why serve like this, what would it be? What would you say to encourage someone to come and experience a trip like this? I would say for me, the whole thing for me, I wanted to go to just go humble myself. That was the whole thing, because because I wanted to I wanted to remind myself what it was because I you know I, I like I said in the past I know <coughs> how how it feels. I just don't, I don't want to forget well like the experience of growing up like that and how happened to others like that, and also believing there's always hope for people and also hope that that do. And Kyle's a workhorse, I heard. Uh, so I talked to your pastor, and he was like, uh, with Luke, and he's like, Kyle is a workhorse. So that's good to know. Workday is next Saturday at uh, 9 a.m. I mean, so I'm, stay humble and come serve. No, yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't mind working. That was the thing for me the whole trip. I mean, uh, for me growing up, like working like with my cousins and my dad in construction a little bit. You know, I understand how it goes. Like, like, like the kid was saying, it's, it's all worth it. Yeah, it is worth it for me growing up. You know, for my like for. For me and Hispanics, all that stuff back now in Arizona, do construction that if you miss one, <coughs> detail, if you do, if you miss a little detail, that's gonna cost money out of your check. And basically, for us, like when I was growing up, you you don't you don't like, I I I didn't so much do it, but I just heard a lot of stories from family like who does it. But now I understand like you don't want to mess this up because it's gonna cost a lot of money out of your time. You don't want you want to do this right and perfect. And that's for me growing up as an athlete as well. It's it's my perfection. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michaela, how about you? What's what's one thing that you would say to people to get them involved? Yeah, for me, like it was just really life changing because 
I, when I heard about the trip, almost right away, I was like, I want to go. And I didn't know where we were going. I didn't know who we were going with. But like, I wouldn't want to spend my spring break doing anything else, honestly. Like, <coughs> that was, this was my first spring break because of uh, COVID and stuff. And so like, this was the first time I had any time off from school. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to go. And I was the first one to like tell Luke. I was like, and so I would say it's life-changing because I just, I, we got to meet the people that we were, have been nice and just like, she's like, well, I thought they were gonna like, she couldn't believe that there was still like good people like that were like, yeah, we're coming and we're gonna be there for a few days, so. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, you also shared last week that you're getting ready to go on another missions endeavor this summer and, and just remind us really quick what that trip was or will um, be. Yeah, yeah, so we're going to the Dominican Republic for two weeks and we are leaving the end of May, and we'll be there until the beginning of June. All right. And again, if you want to help Michaela uh, and Nick be able to go on that trip, uh, you can do that. You can just uh, write a check anytime or give online. Just make a memo uh, saying college missions trip, and we will make sure that money goes to the right thing. So thank you guys so much for serving. Can we give these guys a hand clap this morning? <laughs> Worship team, if you would come. Look, God wants, to, God wants us to stretch and grow today. I believe you're going to have some great opportunities to do that. Uh, would you stand to your feet? Because we, we want to kick off this segment of our worship experience the right way. And that's surrendering our hearts to Christ. That He's able to move in and do things in our life that maybe we weren't ever even expecting Him to do today. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity, God, to be your people, to gather together. Lord, to spend time in worship, and God, to spend time in your word today. Lord, there is no doubt that you are at work. But Lord, we know that there are several needs in our body today. Lord, we pray for Dolores Ingersoll, who is not doing well, who's in the hospital. And Lord, we pray that your will would be done in her life. Lord, we pray, God, for, um, Lord, for Betty. Uh, Lord, as we celebrated Garrett's life yesterday, and as she walks through the process, and the family walks through the process of, of loss and mourning, uh, that, Lord, you, you would be with her. Lord, I know there are others this morning who are ill. Lord, we pray for a healing touch in their life. And Lord, we pray, God, most of all, that you do all that you want to do in and through us. Lord, light us afire with your Holy Spirit. Lord, give us compassion for others and give us a heartbeat for the lost. We want to see people connect with you, have a relationship with you, and Lord, we want to further our personal relationship with you today. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor, and God's people said, Amen. let's worship the Lord together this morning. I'd like to read a scripture verse that I just heard recently. As a matter of fact, it was at uh, Garrett's uh, memorial service. Now we live in the hope of eternal life because Christ rose from the dead. And God has reserved for his children the priceless gift of eternal life. It is kept in heaven for you and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. And God, in his mighty power, will make sure that you get there safely to receive it because you are trusting in him. Are you trusting in Jesus this morning? We'd like to sing a, a song called my Savior, my God.
I am not skilled to understand what God has willed, what God has planned. I only know at his right hand stands one who is my Savior. I take him at his word and deed. Christ died to save me, this I read. That he would leave for man to die. You counted strange, so once did I. Before I knew my Savior. My Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior's always there for me. My God, he was, my God, he is, my God is always gonna be. My Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior's always there for me. My God, he was, my God, he is, my God is always gonna be. Yes, living, dying, let me bring. My strength, my soul is from this spring. That he who lives to be my king once died to be my savior. That he would leave his place on high and come for sinful man to die. You counted strange, so once did I. Before I met my Savior, my Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior's always there for me. My God, He was, my God, He is, my God is always gonna be. My Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior's always there for me. My God, He was, my God, He is, my God is Let's always. My Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior's always there for me. My God, He was, my God, He is, my God is always gonna be. My Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior's always there for me. My God, He was, my God, He is, my God is always gonna be. give our Savior some praise in the house of the Lord today. Hallelujah, Lord. And Kathy's going to start us off with this next song, Cornerstone. Jesus is our firm foundation, our cornerstone. Trust the sweetest prey 
trust in Jesus' name. Let's sing that again. My hope is built. My hope is built on nothing less than Christ alone.
transition to the preaching of the word uh, and the dismissal of our kids down to kids church um, I know God has a word for you today and I think it's one that will challenge you in the way that you think about some things I know we often say we want to leave this place changed and transformed but I believe today you you really have an opportunity a choice to really hear what God is trying to say to you for let's pray one more time today whether you view Sunday as, as the beginning of the week or the end of the week or somewhere in between. Lord, I know that there's a lot of ministry that has happened this week with so many giving so much of themselves to so many others. But Lord, I ask, Lord, in this service, in this opportunity, in this worship experience, for your anointing to be poured out one more time this week. Lord, for the word to be preached with power and effectiveness beyond human effort for the listeners to not just ha have it be something that's of human nature but of the supernatural where God you would open their ears and spirits would respond today to the message being preached Lord we pray over our children and Lord the endeavors that Miss Jackie will take them on today God, I believe she has heard your voice and as she pours into our kids that our kids' spirits would be lifted, encouraged, that they would sense the presence of Jesus there today. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, amen, amen. Kids, we're going to dismiss you right now to the foyer. If you already haven't left already, Miss Jackie and her team are ready for you guys downstairs. We're going to jump right into the Word of God today. Are you ready? Buckle up. We're going to Mark. Mark chapter 15, starting in verse 33. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he is calling Elijah. Someone ran, filled a sponge with wine, vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the Son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, 
Mary, sorry, Mary, the mother of James, the younger, and of Joseph. In Galilee, these women were followed, or these women had followed him and cared for his needs. Many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were there also there. It was preparation day. That is the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning the centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen clothes, took down the body, wrapped it in linen, and placed it in a tomb cut out of rock. Then he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, was there as he was laid. It was a dark day indeed. Today I want to talk to you about being developed in the dark. And I promise you that you'll see the whole picture by the end of service, but it'll take a little time to get there. Speaking of pictures, is there anybody here today who likes taking pictures? A couple people. These phones. You right? You take a picture, you hit one more button, and you post it. Hashtag developed in the dark. And it's gone. And it's posted for everybody to see. But you know, pictures aren't always that way. In fact, I, I, I like taking pictures occasionally. In fact, I got a couple pictures here that you guys can see talking about selfies. There's one of me and my family. This is on a trip to Chicago. Um, it's, it was raining indoors. No, uh, we, it was raining outside, and I think we were just coming in or just going out of this area. I think that is the aquarium in Chicago that we were in. Uh, sometimes we like taking pictures of other things, like, for instance, this picture of my 45th birthday present, in case anybody needs ideas. Um, and so there's that. Um, but we, we, we carry a camera with us in our pocket, and it takes pictures instantly. Even that picture that I just took right now, in the darkness of this room, it is able to capture an amazing photo. I mean, it's incredible. Incredible. It's almost foolproof. But can I tell you, taking pictures always wasn't that way. If we can travel back in time just a little bit, there was an invention called the Polaroid. And man, people were like, like this was crazy. There were people in the church that thought this thing was from the devil. Because like you take, take this picture, and then out, the camera would shoot out this picture out the front, and you'd take it, and there was no picture on this piece of paper. And then you'd, you'd wave it around in the air for like five minutes, and then all of a sudden, a picture developed. It was crazy, right? And I mean, but now you talk to teenagers or kids now and you tell them about a Polaroid. I mean, you, they're like, what? Are you kidding? This is not, this, there's no picture on this. You know, they, 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 they couldn't grab, grasp that. But, but even that, I mean, that, that took a while. But even if you go back before this, before the Polaroid, I mean, that was really taking pictures based on faith. We're going back to the 35 millimeter film days. Oh, that's right. There was this thing, ancient technology, all right? 
You, if, you, if you go certain places, you can still find this. It's, it's called a roll of film, right? Anybody remember rolls of film? Yeah, I mean, this stuff was, was amazing. You'd have, you could maybe, let's see what this one is. This is 24 exposures. So you could take 24 pictures if you didn't mess any of them up, right? And you, had to, you actually had to put the film in the camera. Like, this isn't digital, right? You'd have to open this up. You'd have to take the film. You'd have to get it in there just right, uh, and then you'd wind the camera, and you're good, you're good to go. And, and you had to be careful because the, the film, right, you couldn't, you couldn't pull it out too far because if you pulled it out too far, it would be exposed to the light, and then pictures wouldn't develop. And, and so you had this incredible film that you had to take. You got all done. You, you, you then wound it in the camera when it was all done, and it's, you spit it back out, and you'd take this, uh, this piece of, this roll of film, you'd stick it in this tube, you put it in an envelope, you'd go to someplace like Walgreens, you'd fill out all the information, you'd slide it in the slot, you'd pray for an entire week that you didn't take pictures of your thumbs or people's shoes or, you know, the back of someone's head. You prayed that the picture turned out, because you didn't know. I mean, you clicked the button, but you had no idea what that picture looked like. And a week later, you would go pick up the pictures and you would see what you got. And sometimes it was great, and other times it wasn't. You know, we take a picture today, and we take a picture we don't like it, and we're like, okay, let's, let's move around. Uh, Jimmy, you weren't smiling enough, and, and, and Tommy, stop t- sticking your tongue out, and we take another picture. But that's not the way it used to be. It was you got what was developed because you didn't know what the picture was going to be. You just didn't know. You didn't know. But the interesting thing was is when you took the picture and you dropped it off, processing plant, and they would light no way. And you would take this film, and you would have to put the film through nine different chemical processes. Nine processes to get a picture to begin to develop, an image to come to fruition. And here's the interesting thing. It took time. It was a process. It wasn't instantaneous. It was not foolproof. It was labor-intensive. It was a lot of work. It's a process. It took time. And it all happened in the dark room, in this place where there wasn't much light. A process. It took time, and it happened in the dark room. When we think about things today like purpose, destiny, the call of God in people's lives, dreams and passions, we often think about instantaneous. Let me take the picture. I've come to church. I've heard a word from God. I've gone to camp. I've, I went to a conference, and, and I had this incredible meeting with God. And so we just want to take the snapshot, post it, and have everybody see it and experience it. Look at my calling. Look at what God told me. Look how amazing it is. And we think it's instantaneous. When really that's just the beginning of the journey. Because it's not like our cameras on our phones. It's a lot more like the camera with the film. That's how God seems to work. When God builds our purpose, our destiny, our future... God does it like a roll of film. He puts us in a dark room. He puts us through a process to develop his image on us. 
Did you get that? The image that's developed is not of you and me. It's of Jesus in us. That's the image God is wanting to put on us, and that takes time. It's not about what we want from God. It's about what He wants to do in you. But the only place that happens, the only place that happens where the image of Christ is developed is in the dark room. Now, I know what you're thinking. Somebody goes, well, that's, I don't think that's right. I don't think, I don't like where this is going, Pastor Eric. I'm like, after all, the scripture talks about light, and absolutely, absolutely. But David understood this principle. King David talk, talked about it in Psalms 23. A familiar Psalms. We've heard this so many times. In fact, I shared this twice yesterday at the services that we had uh, for the Celebration of Life service. And so let me read it for you. Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. So far, everybody is on board with this verse, right? It's awesome. He restores my soul, still liking it. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Awesome. All good. Verse four, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, your rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I'm not feeling so good about this verse anymore. Subconsciously, here's what we've done. We've taken this passage of Scripture and we go, he leads me down the path of righteousness. And then we're like, so sometimes we're on the path of righteousness. And then sometimes we're on the path of the shadow of death. But I got to tell you, that's not what David said. It's the same path. The path of righteousness will take us through valleys of dark. You are with me. It's hard for us. The valley of the shadow of death. And it's seasonal. There's ups and there's downs. There's times when we're on the mountains, and there's times where God leads us down the valley. But here's how most of us think. We think we're in the dark room. Because God is punishing me. We're in the dark room. We're in the valley. And we're in this place. And here is how majority, majority of us respond. Let me out. Let me out. I want to get out. God, please, let me out. Let this season stop. Stop. I want out. I want out. Please, Lord, let it stop. Let it stop. Give me out. Give me out. Give me out. And we bang and we bang and we yell and we cry and we pray and we pray. Because somehow we feel like God is standing at the door and he's punishing us in the room. I've been there. People walk up to you and, and you're sharing the tough time that you're going through and you'll have somebody who's hyper-spiritual or self-righteous and they'll say, well, you know, if you just had more faith. I've been there. Well, you know, this is probably happening to you because you have sin in your life. Been there, heard it. I've had those times. I know what it's like for people to say those things. And we think that God stands on the outside of the door. But see, 
Jesus isn't out here. He's in the dark room. Because he's the developer. See, those pictures don't go through that process by themselves. It takes the developer. He has to be careful with those images as he's doing that, and he's putting them through those chemical processes. He has to have gentle hands. He needs to be careful he doesn't tear anything, that there's no smudges, that he doesn't ruin the film. It's a time it takes time, it takes patience, it takes dedication. And our Lord is not outside the room. He's in the room trying to develop his image in your life. But too often we are too loud, too noisy to hear the voice of Christ saying, I'm in here with you. I'm in here with you. But we don't hear his voice because we're, we're too loud. We're banging on the door without taking the time to hear the Spirit of God in a world and in a life that moves so quickly. We often assume we know what God wants to do when we've never even stopped to ask Him. That verse that says, lean not on your own understanding, but too often, church, we try to understand God with our own understanding. When he is simply asking us to take a moment, breathe, and listen for his spirit and to see new things within his word that we didn't see before. Why do so many people fall away when they struggle? It's because they have never gotten comfortable being in the dark room with Christ. They have stepped out and expose themselves to things that, that ruined the image that Christ was trying to put into their life. They walk through the door too early. And the image is ruined. It's tough. I'm not saying that this is easy. It's not. But there is a promise that God walks with us. Fiery fried. He was in. I understand that for some of you right now, it's hard to breathe. It's hard to keep going. It's hard to work through the issues that you're facing. It seems overwhelming, but Jesus is not far away. He is with you in the fire. He is with you. Sometimes the words to a song say it better than the words a man can say. There's a song that recently was released in the last few years called There's Another in the Fire. The first two uh, verses go like this. There's a grace when the heart is under fire, another way when the walls are closing in, and when I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning, I know I will never be alone. There is another in the fire standing next to me. There is another in the waters holding back the sea. And should I ever need reminding of how I've been set free, there is a cross that bears the burden where another died for me. There is another in the fire. God is in the places that are challenging in our life. But too often we want to run and get out. When God is saying, I'm asking you to stand 
and be still that I might do something deeper within you, that the image I want to put on your life, it might be more vibrant than you could ever imagine. But we have to be willing to submit to Christ. I'm not trying to tell you to give up. In fact, just the opposite. There is a difference between submission to Christ and surrendering to the weight of the world. It is different. A few years ago, I struggled with benign fasciculation syndrome, and, and now I find myself in another situation that I'm having to walk through that's difficult and challenging. But when I was going through that, I remember saying to the church, and when we were praying for me and all sorts of things, I remember, I remember hearing his voice. And I know God told me that I needed this partner in my life for this season. And when I said that, I know that some were very critical of what I said. But you have to understand, I was in the dark room, and I could hear his voice. And what I found coming out of that season was that God put a deeper image of who he was in my life. And now I view suffering incredibly different than I used to. Because suffering sometimes is the dark room that we need to be in for Christ to put a deeper image of him and to deepen our faith to deeper levels. Right now, I'm, I'm going through post-COVID stuff, and, and some of you are going through that too, so you understand. And it's, it's crazy, some of the stuff that you have to deal with. And for me, one of the things that's challenging right now is um, my memory. And, and words will elude me. I'll sit at my desk and what used to take me what seemed like such a short period of time now sometimes takes me hours, and it's very frustrating. I won't lie to you. I get frustrated. At times when, when I'm trying to, to talk with somebody, it just, it's, it's challenging. And even this morning, Hannah came and, and said something to me in my office. She walked out, and 30 seconds later, I could not remember. And it's challenging to me. And I, look, I'm not, I'm not going to deny, I, I want healing, right? I want healing. And I believe in time I will be healed. But what I have found is once again, I hear the voice of the Spirit calling, saying, son, you're in the dark room. Do you trust me enough when you don't trust your own mind to allow me to work through you that my Spirit is enough? Let your people see the weakness that you have, but how great and powerful and mighty is the Spirit. You challenges, no matter what world needs to see, not our perfection, but in our weakness, there is a King who is mighty and powerful and will do mighty miracles in your life, through your life. But you have to be willing to get in this dark room and stay here until Christ opens the door. And it's difficult, and it's challenging, and it's emotional. And I get bad hair days just like you. But I've seen and experienced the power of Christ flowing through this vessel. And it's Him, not me. I often talk to people and say, I don't know why God called me. I am not worthy. But I believe one of the reasons God called me is that people can see Christ through me. 
because I'm a broken man. And I'm learning how to humble myself before my Savior. And I would not want to change a single moment. I wouldn't want to change a single thing. You might be thinking to yourself, how in the world is this message ever going to go back into the verse that we talked about in Mark? What does it have to do with any of this? Everything. Everything. There's a lot of other points I could make, but I want to jump to the last part of what we talked about. Joseph of Arimathea. Not much is known about this individual. Shows up in all four Gospels. But we take some things that are clues from each Gospel. Mark tells us that he was a part of this, this group. Um, <laughs> again, my memory uh, fades. <laughs> I don't know if I can find it in my notes. Uh, council is the word. He was part of this council. What, what is this council? This was the same council that put Jesus on trial and found him guilty. Joseph of Arimathea was a part of that council. We have no idea what he said, if he said anything. And if we were to put that out there, it would just be speculation. So as far as we know, we don't know. We don't know if he said, spoke up, said anything, or he remained silent. I don't know. But he was there, and he sat on that council. We also know from Luke that he was a believer but he was a believer in secret, Luke tells us. No one knew. Now you might think, well, that's a bad thing. But do you know where Joseph of Arimathea was? He was in the dark room, being developed by Christ. It is only here when Jesus dies that now moved by the Spirit, the door of opportunity opens. And there is an image imprinted on Joseph of Arimathea, and he boldly goes before Pilate. Now, a few things here. One, he should not have gone before Pilate. Like, for this to happen, the way that it happened is just not, outside of God, it does not happen. It's not proper. So he's breaking all sorts of social norms. He asked for the body of Jesus to be given to him for burial. A couple things about that. One, when someone was crucified on the cross, the day they died, they were required to stay, their body was required to hang on the cross overnight till the next day. That did not happen here. Because of Joseph Arimathea's boldness. Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea went from sitting on the highest religious council to basically an outlaw. He's breaking laws left and right. He is a rebel. He says, look, I want his body. It shouldn't have happened, but it did. And now think about this, the ramifications of his decision. He wants not only job, but what he did here. And in this moment, Joseph realizes, I can't do everything, but here's what I can do. I can offer Jesus a burial of dignity. And so much of the time, we think we want to do something great for God. Can I tell you something? God's not looking for you to do something great for him. God's looking at you to do something with him. We've got it wrong. I want to do something great for God. That's not what God wants. God wants to do something with you. 
That's the intimacy level of our God. Is he chooses to partner with us. So here is Joseph, and he's like, this is all, this is all I can do. It doesn't seem like much, but oh, how great it was. Joseph gives up his own tomb for Jesus. Didn't realize it was just a rental. And three days later, Jesus wouldn't have need of the tomb anymore. He didn't know. Because just like Joseph of Arimathea coming out of the dark room, isn't it interesting that our salvation came out of the dark room too? It was a process that Jesus was willing to go through. The torture, the mocking, the laughing, all of it. The crucifixion itself, the coming down, his preparation of his body, being put in the tomb, and whatever happened between the moment that he went into that, or the moment he passed away and died, to the moment of his resurrection, it was a process. And Jesus came out of the dark room. And there was a new, bright image for the world of hope and salvation. And the image was crystal clear. Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Come on, that's good. That's a good word. You can look at our own ministry here at the church. We went through a challenging season. Some people said the pandemic, darkest time in American history, at least modern American history. That's okay. Because the church was supposed to be developing in the dark room. I don't know how effective the American church was at that. But I can speak for this church a little bit. There's a picture of an event that took place at our church. You've heard me talk about it before. We started doing outdoor services. I, I, wish, I, had, I wish I would have grabbed another picture too. I don't know if you remember one of our first ones that we ever did on a Friday night. And it rained so hard. And Chip was out there with a broom knocking water off the tent. And I'm praying the whole time, please don't let me electrocute our worship team. Please don't let me electrocute the worship team. We've had some amazing times, but this particular night, I'm very fond of. I think this may have been the last one that we did, actually, in the fall. And you see Jeremy leading worship here. This is before he went back to college. We had four different worship sets that night, I think, three or four. And uh, Jeremy, and he's okay if I share this story. Jeremy uh, was leading one of them. We, and we do rehearsal before we try to do rehearsal for everything we do like that because we want to be quality. And he came and he practiced. And I'll tell you, it was the worst rehearsal I've ever experienced in my life. And I'm not the only one. People are laughing at the people that were there. And somebody actually came up to me and they said, look, man, maybe we should, maybe we should pull Jeremy because maybe he's just not ready for this. And look, I'll be honest with you. That's that thought right through my mind too. But I heard something. And I pulled Jeremy aside afterwards, and he was having a rough time. And I think he would have preferred if I would have told him, hey, man, we're going we're gonna to bench you for this one. I think he would have preferred that to what I said to him. And I won't share the whole thing. But I said, I believe that when you get up there, there's going to be a moment where you're no longer leading worship. And something's going to happen. And so we prayed for a while, and song number two hit. And I saw it. I saw the moment that he went from the dark room to the moment where he came out and the image of Christ could be seen. And he just started cutting loose on that guitar 
and freedom over our worship team to start having people started to worship more freely and it was just this amazing moment of the spirit that just began to flow from that moment on to the end i mean it was fantastic then robbie ended the night and i still think there's smoke like coming off of that keyboard from the way robbie played (laughs) but you got to walk through those challenging times church it's difficult it's challenging i get it i get it But I will tell you this, as much as I want healing for things in my life, I want a deeper, more beautiful image of Christ in me than I want the healing. I'd rather stay in there and be developed and have the suffering than experience the healing today and not have what I could have had if I stayed in the room. This door of opportunity leaving the dark room should not be you and I that open and close it. This should be left for Christ. And we should strive to have a deep enough relationship to hear his voice of when we're supposed to stay in there and when we're supposed to come out. Worship team, if you'd come back. I got a little fiery today. I hope that's all right. I'm passionate because I want you to be able to have the things that I've experienced. Jesus is so amazing. He's so amazing. And I think sometimes we forget how amazing he is. And if you're struggling, if you're in a place where you're hurting today, you're frustrated where you're at, things have not gone the way that you, you wanted them to go, welcome to 2020. Here are we in, 2022? Look, that has been the theme for the year. It ain't going the way you think it's going to go. That's just the theme. Just get, get on, on board the boat. Because uh, nothing has gone this year the way that I thought it would go. Um, and I'm just going to go, okay, Lord, well, you're, you're in control. He's got you right where he wants you, church. This morning, he talked to us about this dark room. Maybe you're there right now. And I want to pray for you that if you're in the dark room, that you're not banging at the door wanting to get out, but you would have the courage to stay there until Jesus is done working with you. You're not alone. Jesus is in the room with you. That's the most important thing. But listen to me, this church is with you. We're with you. It's tough. Sometimes we don't know what to say or how to come along or what to encourage you, but we are present. We are present, and we will be with you through the process of what Jesus is doing in your life. Nick, I know you want to go to Japan, brother, but for some reason, God's got you in the dark room. And when he says it's time, the door's going to fling open, brother. Don't get discouraged. All right? We are with you. And if Japan never happens and God sends you to Timbuktu instead, we're with you. All right? That's not a word from God unless it's a word from God. All right? So just uh, just saying, don't book tickets to Timbuktu tomorrow. All right? But church, we're with you. Would you stand to your feet? I want to pray for you. Lord, being developed in the dark is challenging. In a world of 
things that seem instantaneous, sometimes in a lonely place, but you are with us. And I know there are those in this room right now that are going through a season in the dark room. They've been looking for answers and looking for a way out. And God, I believe this morning you are responding with your word directly to them. You are where you need to be. Do you trust me enough to just submit and surrender to me and allow me to put my image in your life in a deeper way? Church, you've got an opportunity to respond to the king. And it's more than in this moment. It will be in the days and the weeks and for some the months and the years ahead. I wish I, wish I could tell you it's going to be so quick. But I know for some of you it's going to be a long process. And it's okay. And if you trust Jesus, what he will do in and through your life will change you forever. You will become a man and a woman so different than what you ever thought you could be. If you'll let Christ put that image in you. If you're here this morning, you're watching online, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. He is calling you this morning. He loves you so much. And he longs for you not to be alone. He is calling you into a relationship. You can feel the drawing. It's like a sensation right below your lungs. It's just this pulling feeling. You can feel that there's something happening. That is the Holy Spirit calling you towards Christ. Would you surrender your life to Jesus? Would you pray a prayer of faith, surrendering your life this morning? Jesus, I'm a sinner. I'm a broken man. I'm in a place far, far removed from where I am comfortable. A place of brokenness, a place of frustration, and I need a Savior. Jesus, I believe that you came, that you died, that you rose again, that you are the Son of God. Lord, would you come into my life and would you begin to change it? Would you begin to put your image on my life and transform me into who I'm meant to be in your kingdom? Lord, I pray, Lord, today that your people have been encouraged through your word. That the next time the struggle happens, whether it's this afternoon, tomorrow, next week, the next time there's struggle, before we start automatically assuming we know what to do or what you want to do, that we would take the time to stop and wait for you and to listen to your voice because you very well may be calling us to a season in the dark room to develop something deeper in our life. Lord, we do give you praise, glory, and honor this morning. And Lord, as we spend the next few moments worshiping and then closing this worship experience today, God, we've got an opportunity to worship you in spirit and truth, to respond to your word. We thank you this morning that you are a God who speaks to us. In Jesus' mighty name, and God's people said, Amen. Listen, this, this altar is open. And the coming to the altar doesn't mean there's something wrong. No one's judging you. But maybe for some of you, you need to have just a moment with God. 
you can come to, the, to these altars and you can pray. You can kneel, you can stand. If you want someone to pray with you, I know that there will be people who come behind you and pray. And, and look, if you just want a moment with God by yourself, you just come up, those people will pray for you. They'll move on eventually, it's fine. But you have this moment where, where if you need to engage with God, if you need to move out from your seat, in your seat right at your pew, worship team, would you lead us? Step down into darkness, open my eyes, let me see.
acapella. Let's sing that to him, people of God. Here I am to
see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I, you never stop. Even when I don't never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. thank you that you are the way maker for you said you are the way the truth and the life no man comes to the father except through you let's just bask in his presence for a few moments So a word to say that, look, you don't have to be the same. You can be transformed. But it's a choice each person has to make. Nobody else can make a decision for you, especially when it comes to your relationship with God. And this morning, we've got an opportunity to respond to God, to lay down the thing that, that, that you're struggling with, the burden, the heaviness place there won't be tough time you can walk out with something different with this with something that god wants to put in. that the burden that you feel can be replaced with something that god wants to put in there i, I asked robbie if he'd lead us in one last worship song this morning and while this while we do this worship song if, if you would just take the opportunity to communicate with your savior to lay down your burden and to allow Him to work within you. And to allow Him to do something deeper within you. God puts us in a dark room. He puts us through a process. He develops His image on us. This is all a part of this. Our willingness to let go and let Christ. Robbie, would you lead us this morning? Amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. was grace that taught my heart to feel 
and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear. no fear in Jesus. There's a lot of things that have happened, that are happening, that will happen. You don't have to be afraid. Because Jesus is in the fire with us. He's in the dark room with us. 
We are not abandoned. But you've got to set your mind and your heart on Jesus. You've got to still the voice sometimes within you to be able to hear his voice, to sense his comfort. It's a hard thing sometimes for us to do. Lord, your deepest desire is that those in our community that do not know you as the Savior would have the opportunity to come to know you. That is the gospel message. You have entrusted us as your people to carry that message, not just with words, but with deeds and actions in the way that we live, in the image that is reflected in our life of you. As we leave this place and some will go out to lunch, tomorrow people will go back to their workplaces. There'll be shops and gas stations and all sorts of things before our next meeting together. And every day is filled with opportunity to be a witness for the King. God, in the midst of our home pain, in the midst of our suffering, just like in the midst of your suffering, the thief on the cross, you still had time to save his soul. God, in the midst of all the stuff we deal with, let us never lose sight of the opportunity to serve the King by serving others and sharing the gospel. Help us to invite someone back here to church. Lord, we pray over our offering today, both the missions component and our regular offering. God, we pray that we give with hearts of worship as we invest in your kingdom. Lord, a blessing over those who give. Lord, may you meet their needs in amazing, spectacular, incredible fashion. God, may you move the way you want to. And for this church, that God, you would take the resources that we have, that you would enable us to do more than we ever thought possible for the kingdom as we invest in lives and we invest in things that help us to reach more lives. We give you praise, glory, and honor today. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. I look forward to seeing you guys later this week. Wednesday night, we've got a great Bible study on leadership. We'd love for you to join 6.30 on Wednesdays. And then Sunday, it is Palm Sunday. So invite someone to come. We'll have a special worship experience just for you next week.